Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. Hey Jets fans, welcome back to another episode of the Jet Centric Podcast. Uh, this is episode 46, I believe, and this is AJ, and I'm here today with Mike and Paul and Ryan, who's sick and not going to be talking too much. Thanks for joining, guys, and let's all say hi at the same time. Go. Hi. Hi. Okay. Oh, did so, I do the high part? We needed the high and the low harmony, something? No. Uh, like one person, hi, 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 like that kind of thing? Is that what you mean? Oh. Stacy, we need Stacy Natras on the podcast. Are we gonna interview her or what? Uh, if she would come on, uh, we'd consider it. Anyhow, uh, let's move on to to Jets things. Uh, the first thing of note is um, the Jets beating Columbus, and Blake Wheeler was uh, star of the week. How do you get star of the week on a just because it was Sunday night? So it's uh, what was they that? Counted, that was kind of they counted the game winning goal against. Um, uh, in the game after Minnesota, there they they counted that goal, and then um, Nashville. They counted the Nashville game-winning goal, and then of course his uh, his four goals against uh, Columbus. Yeah, it's just uh, the that's kind of on a Sunday. So how do you get Player of the Week? I guess we're going Sunday to Sunday, maybe <laughs> Player of the Weekend. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyhow, it's nice nice thing for Blake. But uh, Ryan and I, before we started recording here, we said uh, it was a pretty under underwhelming. Four goals, and but uh, Ryan made a good point. He says when you're playing on the road and you don't have the crowd there to throw the hats and cheer and go crazy, uh, it's it's usually like that. But uh, maybe we'll start with that game. Uh, Paul, we'll shoot over to you. I know uh, you've quietly been watching the games, not on Twitter, commenting too much. But what do you think of the Jets in, in Columbus? They won five two, so that's all right. We're two and zero in the month of March, so better than February already. But uh, what do you think of the Columbus game? Well, I, I mean, I thought in the Columbus game they played very well. I was actually going to comment uh, in the second period there and say that, uh, you know, if somebody actually checked all the Corsi numbers, they would actually be doing pretty well in in, uh, in five on five. But then they, uh, of course, kind of fell apart there a couple uh, a couple times in the defensive zone. So that probably dragged the numbers down. I think Columbus actually ended up with something like 54% or something like that uh, uh, Corsi. So um, I thought they played well. I thought they played well against. Um, uh, Nashville. Um, I thought they even played well against Minnesota, except for uh, you know about a minute and a half there at the, at the end of the game. So, um, and I think one of the one of the things, and I don't know if you guys commented on it um, uh, since the trade deadline. I know um, I know I couldn't make it on after the uh, the trade deadline, but uh, I think quietly the best acquisition that Chevy made was uh, Nathan Bolio. He's been his um, the game is simple. Uh, he, you know, he, he makes those first passes out of the zone. He doesn't panic with it. Uh, he's been pretty calm. And, you know, I know we're down Bufflin, we're down, um, we're down Morrissey, but, um, I think he's actually been a, a good addition back there, uh, kind of when we needed him on the, uh, on the left side. Well, I told everyone when they acquired him that low key, this guy is going to be really good addition for this team. I, uh, I'm a Habs fan as well. So 
back when he was with Montreal, I watched quite a few games, almost every game actually, and and he always really impressed me, and it surprised me that he get treated because he's all over the ice he, he does a bit of everything and he does it well there's never a time where you get concerned about what the hell kind of pass was that or anything like that so this isn't surprising to people who have watched Nathan um, when he was at Buffalo I think he was really misused he was in a press box a lot and when he was playing he wasn't used the way he should have been Sounds like someone we've talked about on this podcast before, but I think it's been a really great addition, and I don't, this isn't a surprise to me, so I hope he can stay in the lineup once these injured uh, players return, Bufflin and Morrissey, because I think he brings a lot to the team. I think he broke 21 minutes the other night, didn't he, or just under 21 minutes, so I mean, they're giving him, they're giving him a shot with all these guys out, so uh, obviously, uh Obviously, Maurice uh, trusts him to a degree, even though he's only uh, you know what three games in with the with uh, with the Jets. Yeah, he was, not that uh, he has much of a choice. Obviously, he's uh, he has uh, just a just a dearth of available NHL defensemen right now, so he's got no choice. But I agree, he's been doing pretty good. So so happy for that. Yeah, it's nice uh, to to see Niku out there as well. I know we've all sort of been calling it the. Uh, for a while it would have been nice to see him come in earlier in the season but i think he's getting out there and proving you know the the remaining doubters wrong that he is quite a decent little player and and uh doing well out there holding his own uh even got a goal the other day i think was, did he score in the national or no he scored in the the columbus game that's right so where would he be our boy Nico where? got a shout out from the mainstream media member uh jeff hamilton today on 1290 uh which i was pretty impressed with he actually spoke pretty um Pretty not he wasn't he didn't put himself totally out there, but he was pretty positive about Niku and and uh, and actually advocated for him having a spot when the Jets get healthy. I was pleasantly surprised. That's good. Where would where would Niku be if he had started playing more frequently earlier? That's yeah. that that would be my question. Well, and and even uh, to your point, we talked about this a couple episodes ago too, just more frequently in general because uh, even when he it's not like he, when he wasn't with the Jets that he was with the Moose all this time. He's been with the Jets quite a bit and uh, called up and down probably about four times now, but being in the press box so much that he wasn't playing at all. So you can't even say, well, you know, he's been getting all this AHL experience. He's obviously got some, but I think of all the potential games he's been able to play, I think Daniel pegged it at around you know, 60% and he's been healthy pretty much all year, but he's played 60% of available games to him. So uh, not just playing with the Jets, but just getting time in at all. It's unfortunate that he has, hasn't had that. I would have probably preferred to, you know, have him sent down and actually get a, a few more games in the AHL. But uh, whatever, he's getting his chance now, and uh, and I think he probably sticks probably, um, well, I guess is that the conversation? Is it him or, or Bolu that sticks once, uh, I guess, Sherratt stays in and more no. Morrissey? No, nope. it's uh, Morrissey, Bolu, and Niku. Well, that's the right answer, but I suppose I believe I and I, I I actually think that's the answer. But but yeah, I mean I I know not to put too much faith in in our coach because he he'll probably want to fit Sherrod in somewhere. So, well, yeah. ideally, what would you have? You would have Morrissey, Truba, Niku, Bufflin, and then Bolu with who? Uh, Pullman <laughs> for me. Yeah. But, ideally. Um, but 
between that last spot, if we had our way, then you have Myers, Sherratt, and Morrow. So who's yeah. that? Six. Well, it'll be on the it'll be it'll be on the right side. So I'm guessing it'll be Myers in because Bully is playing on the left side, right? So yeah. that's that's likely who who it's gonna gonna be. The only thing is that hampers, uh, and I'm with you here, Mike. But the uh, is just Kulikov's contract, right? That's a that's a hard one to if he's healthy be sitting up in the press box for 4.3 plus you still got another year. So um, that's a hard one, I think, to swallow. It's unfortunate that contracts get in the way. I know Murat has spoken of that before, of the nature of just contracts and not not necessarily just the money, but obviously the one-way, two-way elements of, uh, of contracts that can kind of change who gets played over other people. So I think that'll come come into play a little bit. So as much as we'd like to see these guys, I'm thinking uh, Bull you probably is is sitting and Niku has probably earned his chance to be on that second pair with uh, Buff or Truba. Well, the good news is you don't have to have – there's no roster limit now after the trade deadline. So you could have three defensemen sitting up in the press box right now. You don't have to worry about one-way or two-way contracts. You can have as many people sitting up there as you want. You don't want to do that, but it it doesn't force the coach's hand as much or Chevy's hand as much that he has to send somebody down. Yeah, well, and it looks like the Moose are not going to make the playoffs. They're un- unlikely, so those there there will be some some options there. But also, uh, one that I heard about the other day is it looks like Jokerit probably will not move on in their playoffs. So we could see Veselainen sitting up in the press box there uh, by the end of the season as well, which is a interesting uh, development, I suppose. So, well, the Jets have in the past shown that they want to bring those uh, younger guys. I mean, they did it with Ehlers um, and they've done it with a couple other guys where they want to bring them in to experience that playoff push experience. And in in this case, when we do go to the playoffs to have them there to experience that. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Veselainen back. Um, I don't know if he'll see the ice, but he'll, he'll probably be back. Yeah. Most of, most of our injuries have been on the D not on the the forward, but I suppose if there's enough forward injuries, then then we'd see him, but that would, uh, it's not good if we have the injuries on the D and the forward too, right? Um, so, Mike, I'm going to pose this question to you. Just uh, we talked about, uh, or Paul mentioned the last three games, even the the one that the Jets lost at the end of February against Minnesota. We've kind of, you know, complained that the Jets haven't really played well. They haven't really earned some of their wins. Um, do you think they've maybe turned that corner with the additions of of Bullu and Hayes, uh, most specifically? Um, is this team looking a lot better and looking like a team that? could be ready in time for the playoffs to to be as good as they can be. Uh, I think the short answer is like, I'm just looking at the shot cal- at the shots for and against for these three games and the jets were outshot 120 to 90. Uh, if my addition is right. And that's a four to three ratio. So that's not exactly very good. And um, I, I, so, so yeah, I mean, I think big picture, I think it's still too early to say that the jets have uh, uh, fixed everything. Uh, I mean, great. It, we were very close to getting three wins out of these three games. Um, but uh, to say that we deserved all three of those wins is uh, is definitely a stretch. And, uh, you know, that said, I do think that, that we, I think that we're all probably, I'm guessing that we're all going to be in agreement that Hayes has, has looked uh, very well and the forward lines have, have looked quite promising. And, and Bullu, I agree, has been, has been a plus. Just still all the parts when put together right now, we're missing some. We're missing some guys, and and it's not adding up right now. It's not uh, looking too good. So, 
Now, uh, uh, be... we got the points and we're in first. So, hey, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that, but we haven't looked good doing it. So, what's going to be real telling is, I think, tomorrow night you're playing obviously the the juggernaut of the NHL. We discussed this right before our last time we faced the Lightning, and it was how is this team who's barely scraping by the way it is now going to beat someone like Tampa Bay? And the team showed up. It was now, it seemed like a game seven type atmosphere on the ice and jets pulled it out. And then we all kind of just sat back and went, okay, maybe this team can show up for a big game is tomorrow. Another one of those telling games where if they win, maybe some of the concerns go away. I would, uh, I, I would, uh, well, what I was going to chime in with was that uh, I think I've said it a couple times here, and I've said it uh, obviously on, on Twitter a few times, is that this team seems to play to their competition. So all these games are close. You'd expect them to try, you know, beat a, beat an Ottawa and beat uh, Detroit pretty badly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they're they're eking out these wins, and then they and then they come out against the Tampa and they win in in overtime. And I thought they played great. Uh, I thought they played well against Columbus. I mean, Columbus not exactly firing on all cylinders either, but they've got some good players. Let's uh, let's face it. So the the next uh, the next ten games, I think they play uh, only teams or the majority of teams that are in tenth place or higher. So I mean, this is going to be you know the the litmus test for what I've been saying is that. They come out to play the big games. Now, have they played great? Uh, no, they could they could play better. I think, you know, in in watching Hayes, I think, um, you know, there's there's some aspects of his game that I go, okay, I can see why we you know gave up first round pick for him. And then there's other times you go, well, he he looks slower out there, and uh, maybe it's just adjustment. Maybe it's just who he's playing with. And uh, you know, I'm not gonna. You know, nitpick the the guy's played three games. He's come to a new team, and he's come from New York to Winnipeg. So I'm sure there's an adjustment period in there in there somewhere. So I'm hoping that they're going to start to show up. I think they played uh, great against Columbus I, for long stretches. There was a couple of breakdowns, but again, they're just trying to find the game again. And uh, I thought they played uh, they played great against Nashville in what was a you know a playoff type atmosphere. And I even thought, uh, even though they lost at the end, I thought they played well against uh, Minnesota for for long stretches as well. So um, we're hoping they're gonna they're gonna show up and and these guys kind of adjust seamlessly into the lineup and and uh, you know when we get guys like uh, when we get Bufflin back, you know that'll change the dynamic on the defense as well. Well, it almost seems like Blake Wheeler has also taken another step into getting this team back to where they were last year. The guy is just. I hate using the word character, but he's showing so much of it in the last few games. You can see after big saves that he's going up to the goalie and giving him a little head tap and screaming at him. And he put I think Hendricks told him to do that. He's, he's really into it. He's really pumped. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as we kind of you know gear up for, for playoffs here, I think there's there's two styles of game that I feel like the Jets have struggled against. Uh, one is the very, very fast teams that have come out and just put tons of pressure on. I mean, I know that they beat Vegas, but uh, the, the I think of the Montreal game, and uh, there's another one that I had kind of in my pocket that I was going to mention too. But they, the, Ottawa, the first time we played Ottawa too, they just came out really, really fast. Um, so that seems to be a little bit of a, a danger zone for the Jets. They don't respond well to that. 
and then also the teams that are just really slow, sluggish kind of uh, games. The, the in-between, I feel like that's where they can succeed if they're just matched up skill for skill. Both teams just kind of playing, you know, not a real fast, not a real slow kind of game. Uh, so that being said, uh, that's just kind of my preface. Um, when you're looking at the standings in the West and the teams that the Jets could potentially face in the first round, is there certain teams that scare you more than others? I, I, I feel like we have Nashville's number. I don't feel like I'm scared of Nashville, but obviously with St. Louis's big big push, and uh, I mean Dallas has been hanging around, and obviously Minnesota's had her number all year, and then there's also Jets 2.0 that, that seems to be uh, you know hovering around that wild card spot. So uh, are some of these teams uh, really scared of you guys, and even teams that we might face second round coming from out of the Pacific? Um, who who's giving you the most uh, um, wary thoughts, Mike? Oh, geez, put me on the spot. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Vegas is I, Vegas is the one that gives me the most worry. Um, and um, but on the plus side, uh, Calgary, San Jose, Vegas all look really threatening. Like they're the three teams that worry me the most. But we're only gonna have to play one of them. So for me, that's kind of my solace. When I look when I look ahead, I I don't take uh, St. Louis or Nashville as any kind of gimmies. Uh, I think that Dallas could possibly. I, I I don't think that we have. Um, I don't think the first round is going to be a cinch, and I don't and I don't look past either Nashville or St. Louis. But but having said that, uh, it's a better season to be in the Central. I think that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I think overall they are. We are the by points at least the weakest division. And right now, as it stands, we'd play Dallas in the in the first round just for. For some context there. So, uh, how about you, Paul? What do you what do you think? Which teams scare you? Uh, well, to be honest, I mean, when it comes to the playoffs, the, you know, the biggest uh, X factor is always goaltending. So, when you when you look at goaltending, you know, yeah, Vegas, I would say uh, Flurry has had what three uh, three shutouts here in the past week. I mean, he was first star of the week. Um, where uh, Blake Wheeler was number two, but um, Calgary. Do they scare me? No. Uh, I, I think the, the goaltending there is is the thing that I go, okay, that could come, the wheels could come off at any point. So yeah. if Calgary and San Jose have to face each other in the, in the Western Conference final, that could be, you know, that could be a seven gamer. So could they run into a situation like we did when we had to play Vegas last year, where they go toe to toe with somebody for seven games and then have to ramp it back up? two days later to play game one of the Western conference final. So that, that, that could come down to, you know, Calgary, San Jose, but I think whoever comes out of the Pacific is going to be the one that's a little bit beaten up uh, out of the central uh, depends if St. Louis is uh, 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 who's a Bennington there uh, who's come up and, and been playing lights out kind of cooling off a little bit. So, you know, I don't think he's uh, I don't think St. Louis is going to be as scary. I mean, it's just, uh, a game of odds right they won what 10 or 11 in a row and got yeah. hot at a good time to put them back in the race but you have to hit that hot streak just before you hit you go into the playoffs and that's uh and that's i think what um what's going to be the uh, the achilles heel there and then just one comment on the east i mean obviously we're playing tampa uh tomorrow so when you look at Tampa and how well they've had it and everybody said it uh, on a lot of the shows that you see and, and hockey night Canada and stuff like that, they mentioned the other day. And I think they, they have a point one, the president's trophy is a curse. I mean, uh-huh. what, what's the last president's trophy winner to win the Stanley cup for one. Uh, the other side of it is that they have not hit a speed bump yet. They've not yeah. had a hiccup. So 
is that going to be, is the hiccup going to be, are, are they going to be that team that you see going into the first, uh, maybe not the first round, but the second round of the, of the Stanley Cup playoffs and hitting that speed bump? And yeah. that, that's the question for me on, on that side. But, you know, definitely Vegas for, because of the goaltending, but uh, Calgary and San Jose, I think, will duke it out in the, uh, in the Pacific to get to the Western Conference Final. All right. And Ryan, how about you? Got some fears? I'll make it quick, but it's not because they have the most talented lineup, but if we face Minnesota in the first round... Man, they they've had our number this year. Were they four and zero against us? Uh, yeah, three or four. Yeah. yeah, we just we can't seem to get anything going against them. They they turn up their game. It's almost like they have something to prove after last year's playoff series. And they scare me again. They're not the most talented team out there, and they haven't had the best season. But they they scare me right now. I mean, every team scares me when you look at how the Jets show up some nights. Yeah. But St. Louis and Nashville are are not the strongest teams, and we seem to have their number. Yeah. The thing that makes me especially scared, like like what you're saying, Ryan, for one of those first round matchups, is just the possibility that you know perhaps Buff isn't up to full speed, or or more specifically that Josh Morrissey isn't back in the lineup because. Um, that would that would definitely be uh, be something that would hold us back, I think, in an early round. For sure. Yeah. As a comment on those guys being out, do you think that? Uh, what's your thoughts on them having this time where they're getting rest during the season? I mean, we're not firing on all cylinders, but we're going to get to the playoffs, and those guys are going to come back, and they'll, for all intents and purposes, have what a month, month and a half off before the yeah. playoffs. As long as they have a week or two to get back in the game shape before the playoffs. You don't want to throw these guys in cold, but if they can get three, four, or five games in before playoffs, which Buff will, he's probably a week and a half away. But Morrissey, you want him to be in game shape. If he can get into three, four, five games before the playoffs, then I think, yeah, then it may benefit us. And, and be actually healed, not just okay, he's good enough to play because, yeah, I mean, I'm even just thinking ahead to it's so hard to predict. Like, we were pretty beaten up when we, when we faced Vegas last year and uh, just have to think that those, those kind of hidden injuries would have just been a factor. And, and uh, yeah, I just, I just really just crossing my fingers for health for the Jets. I think that could... I think this, the, the, next, the next stretch of games here where they play all the top, uh, the top-ranked teams... You know, you got your Tampa's and your Boston, even even Carolina, who's twenty. I think I saw a stat today; it was twenty-one six and one since uh, January first or something like that, or December thirtieth. But um, uh, if if we play well through this stretch without Morrissey, uh, they'll definitely let him heal properly. They're not going to rush him back. Hopefully, yeah. And uh, if, if Bolu is filling in well and Niku too, then there, there's a little less pressure. But my only concern is with uh, Buff because uh, he was injured and then this is apparently a new injury. And uh, every year it feels like he always has some kind of injury that puts him out for a week or two at a time. So this isn't kind of new new territory. This feels like a constant. So, I mean, if he gets one of those nagging injuries that um, just doesn't go away and we don't have him, you know, for for a round, that would uh, that would be 
pretty difficult because uh, with in his absence, I uh, I feel like we really notice that with our our breakouts and everything. But I was just going to comment just back on the um, teams that scare me. I'm just going to say Dallas because before the season even started, and everyone makes fun of me for this, but I just decided to make a bold, ridiculous prediction. So I'm just I'm just sticking to it. I'm not saying it's a good prediction, just that I made it. Uh, but I have Dallas as actually the Western Conference Finals, so our champions. So I have them coming out of the the West. Uh, which is, I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but they, they do scare me. I like their coach, and I think they just slow everything down, and they do have some good skill uh, on there. So, like you said, Paul, about the goaltending, I mean, if Bishop can, you know, play well, then the, that could be a difference maker right there. But uh, I have I have Dallas, and they scare me only because I've built them up in my own head to be scarier than they probably are. So... I didn't realize. Well, it, it always comes uh, when it when it comes down to the playoffs. It's always it's always that goaltender that gets hot, right? Like it's always that guy that that some team rides farther than they should be going, or you know brings that team together and uh, and uh, makes them look better than they are sometimes. And yeah, could it could be Bishop for sure. Um, it could be Hellebuck, right? It could be us too. That's one of the things that we have going for us. We have a goalie that can steal a series, I believe. So. When we sometimes well, I think if we, on a prospect, game last night. remember that. Well, I think if we flip the conversation around to somebody else in another in another town, another uh, team, I don't know if there's anybody that would say the Jets scare them. Right. Yeah. The, the pundits seem to. I mean, a lot of people speak really highly of the Jets, and I think we all like as maybe as negative as we sound uh, at times. I think we all believe that the Jets have so much potential to be easily one of the top two teams in the league, but it feels like we're, it's just untapped really. So it's not a matter of not believing that this team is good enough. Um, probably believing that they're better than most people. If, if you're just looking at the standings and that's the basis uh, of, of your belief in them, I feel that they could be even further up the standings, but the, you know, but a couple points isn't really the, the main indicator of if they're playing nice hockey, I think that they're capable of much, much nicer hockey, but maybe these, these additions, once they kind of gel and stuff will uh, look even better. Uh, I got a question for you guys about the, the general uh, the GM's meeting. Have you guys paid any attention to some of the stuff on the table? It seems like a, a bit of a more subdued version of the GM's meetings that taking place right now, but uh, are you guys aware there. of any of the issues? The list I saw, I don't think there was a ton there that was, you know, earth shattering. No, it was all pretty quiet. They wanted to make a few small uh, changes, but um, yeah, I was just curious if there was any of those changes that you guys uh, heard of or liked or disliked or um, yeah, recommend. I always, I always think they should revisit the uh, the three point <laughs> rule and and uh, go back to the uh, you know the straight one eight in, in both conferences for playoff seating. But um, yeah. and then of course the uh, the race for the. Uh, you know, we always are, are, are who's who's in tank season, trying to get the the top pick, and and uh, you know, unfortunately, Ottawa is going to win that race and give a give a top draft pick to Colorado. But uh, you know, it would be nice. It, it would be nice if they considered another option like record after you get eliminated or something like that to 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 make it um, uh, a little more challenging and less like you're trying to lose games or or well, trying to look be- good but lose. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't it be easiest to literally just give the first draft pick to the team that's like just missed out on a playoff spot? So you're you're pushing people to try and be in the playoffs, but if they don't and they just miss out, 
that actually gets the first place. I know people say then the worst teams stay the worst. Well, it's not like they don't get to draft at all, but there's uh, no uh, incentive to lose and uh, more incentive to try and do more with uh, with less if you're not getting the first overall draft pick. But actually encourage you know the the 17th best team they would get the the first overall draft pick instead of the 31st place team or or I know it's a lottery, but uh, you, you get the point. You know, on that on that note, someone I don't know if you guys remember, someone pitched an idea a while ago, and it's obviously too zany for them to ever actually try it. But it went something along the lines of uh, they would count the points uh, after a team was eliminated. All of the points from the NHL regular season that they collected after that point would actually uh, incentivize them to win afterwards. I don't know if this makes any sense, but you know what I mean. So basically, yeah. you'd still probably be rewarding you know, the, the, the lesser thans in the league because they would be eliminated first. But then after that point, they wouldn't be under pressure just to continually win games. They would actually be under pressure after elimination to win those games because if they keep losing, they're going to ruin their chances at that top draft pick. But Does that make any sense? Teams, there's some teams who are not eliminated until the final week, though. And then they don't yeah, win. or the final game. Even right. So they, yeah. So and so they would have they would have a very low chance at the at the lottery or or just of getting that first pick, but um, but that this was just a zany, I mean, a little bit outside the box at least method to um, to just prevent those games like what was it a couple years ago when Phoenix played in uh, in Buffalo and the Buffalo fans were just cheering every time Phoenix scored, you know, like <laughs> like. Uh, I guess like some of those, I think that is for a professional sports league. I think, I think moments like that is a little bit uh, embarrassing. I I still think that the Leafs tanking and enti- intentionally tanking for an entire season as the richest market in the league, I still think that's kind of embarrassing. So I don't know. I would just in general be open to uh, to methods that that maybe maybe kind of did a little bit on that front, but but uh, at the same time, perhaps the lottery odds already do the trick. Yeah, they, they they help for sure. They kind of make it a little less obvious who's getting there, but uh, eh, it, it could be a, a bit better. Um, I want to throw back kind of uh, actually just to the the schedule here. We talking about them playing uh, Tampa Bay coming up, and then they got the the bunch of jerks game after that on uh, Friday. Um, so hopefully we, we don't get to see the storm surge or whatever the heck it's called in Carolina. And then they got Washington. So they got this four game road trip against some good teams, as Paul had mentioned. Um, yeah, the, does this feel like a bit of a, a defining thing? I know uh, we talked about the defining game of Tampa Bay tomorrow, but I mean, to go on the road, win against, you know, four pretty decent teams, uh, all in playoff spots right now. I believe Carolina is, and Columbus is hovering right around there. I believe it in Tampa Bay and Washington, obviously. Um, then they come home for, for a stretch. But to go out on the road, this seems like a really good time to uh, to kind of make – to, to prove that they are as good as they are. So I'm just curious if you guys have any comments about this this road trip and what you'd like to get out of it. They already got two points out of a uh, possible eight against Columbus, which uh, was a good game, not a great game. Um, then Tampa Bay, hopefully they can have a barn burner against them and Caroline and Washington. So uh, just curious for you guys take on the actual schedule coming up because uh, usually we'll review the last couple games and talk about the next few coming up. So, um, But talking about February isn't very fun anymore, so let's let's go to these. <laughs> these next four games. So, um, uh, Paul, what do you think of these, uh, this next little stretch here? Is this kind of a season definer? And if they don't do it, then, uh, then what? 
I think uh, I think to be honest, uh, it's definitely a litmus test for them heading to the playoffs because, you know, like I said earlier, they they play to their competition. So hopefully they're going to elevate their game to some degree. Um, they're going to see how they fare against some of the best teams in the East. I mean, even though Carolina is not you know up there up there, they they've done quite well in the in this last uh, latter half of the of the season. So. They're going to face Tampa, who's uh, what did they had 50 wins there the other day. Um, yep. They're going to play Carolina, who's 21 and six uh, in their you know in their last little bit, and then they play uh, you know Washington, who's not a pushover, and uh, and yeah, they they come home in a couple of weeks and and uh, play uh, play the Bruins. So they've got a lot of games where they're going to have to um, you know elevate their game to play these top teams, and they're going to have to stay there. Because it's not like they get Tampa and then they're playing Ottawa, although Ottawa beats us just as handily as uh, as anybody else uh, this season. It seems uh, when we play some of those lesser lights, so um, it's going to be sustained. It's going to be um, it's going to definitely be a test. The one thing I will say about going on the road trip when they did, it will allow those guys uh, that join the team. Uh, you know Kevin Hayes and and Bolio and and Parlin Holm and and uh, Matt Hendricks to uh, to uh, integrate more with the with the team. Like you know when you go on the road trip with the guys, it's kind of like okay now you're away, you can concentrate on just playing the games. It's not you're at home, you're doing family stuff and et cetera et cetera, uh, or playing Fortnite or whatever the case may be. In Liney's case, you're uh, you're on the road and you're having fun and you're you're kind of bonding. So hopefully that will. Um, uh, help them uh, help them kind of find their groove. And uh, Mike, maybe I'll shoot over to you because I think Paul summarized that pretty pretty well about their upcoming road trip with the uh, the line changes that have been made because of the additions. What do you, what's your take on that? I mean, we already kind of went over the D, but obviously there's been a bit of change. We got Brian Little who's moved up to the wing, which it should be noticed. I know John Malloy had tweeted out the other day the fact that um, and and Nick uh, had also uh, jumped in on this that. Uh, in the last two years, we've given up two first-round draft picks, Eric Foley and Brendan Lemieux, to find replacements for uh, Brian Little to to add depth to his position when he's into the first of his five years at 5.25. So a little concerning that uh, he was the guy to be with line A to help that second line, and a week later, he's down a line and on the wing and no you know no longer a center. So um, just what's your take on the, on the lineups? And, and I think the Brian Little situation is an interesting one, to say the least. Well, yeah, I think, uh, I think that if you look back on it, that's a pretty costly contract for the Jets to have, to have doled out to Little. I mean, I'm a huge Brian Little fan, and he's been basically my favorite Jets forward ever since the team came back. But, uh, you know, first round draft picks don't grow on trees. And it's too bad that that has been basically because because he's not he, he's not a second line center with the with the second line wingers that the Jets have available. And uh, for that reason, it's it's definitely it's definitely too bad. I mean, having said that, on the plus side, if you can have Brian Little as your uh, as your third or fourth line center or third line winger. I I don't I haven't I don't have a problem with the Jets lineup the forward line at all I think it's a it's a huge it's an incredible luxury and uh, I don't know what you guys have seen people online if if I don't know if there's been a lot of complaining since the Hayes trade uh, or not um, I, I'm curious what you guys have seen but I haven't really seen much and I think we're well connected to some of the people who are comfortable voicing their their complaints if you know what I mean so 
I haven't seen much as far as complaints uh, about it. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's integrated as well as Stastny did last year, but, um, you know, it's it's a small sample size. It's only three games so far. And Stastny yeah. was way bigger of a get. Absolutely. And when you talk about the first-round pick, it was – I mean, not great to give up a first-round pick, no question, but that first-round pick is going to be uh, probably mid-20s this year. So it's, all, it's you know, for all intents and purposes, it's almost a second-rounder, but, you know, it still is a first-round pick, and those aren't uh, – those, as you say, don't grow on trees. So the, it's not fun for a draft-and-developed team to be giving up those um, all the time. So I don't see them doing that again next year. Um, we'll, uh, we'll, see, uh, we'll see where this team gets us. Yeah, the the thing is that the first round draft pick does have a name because you can kind of see who drafted that person, and I think Toronto ended up with our draft pick, and it was uh, oh geez, it's gonna escape me, but uh, a good player. Lil- Lilgren, you're thinking of uh, Tim Lilgren? No, no, that's that's the expansion draft year. That's uh, or the the line A, or no, maybe you you might be right. No, no, it's not. It's a guy playing in Toronto. He's a forward. It's going to escape me, and if Tony's listening to this, he's screaming right now. So, <laughs> um, But anyhow, <laughs> a, a good player. And, I mean, Veselina was at, what, 20, 23rd or something like that? So, or 24th? So there's uh, there's some good players uh, later later down in, in the draft. So, uh, but Paul, I, but Paul I mean, is right. But Paul is right. I'm pretty sure that's been that's backed up, that, that a later first round is um, kind of after a little. There's a – apparently there's a, there's a bit of a drop-off typically around – 20th overall something like that and um uh although with that said i think that's people are looking at data from many years and it would obviously vary according to each draft year so 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 maybe that's all moot but but it's a later it's a a later pick so it's not it's not as big of a deal as if we were giving up like a like a you know top 10 or top 15 pick yeah i i haven't heard whether this draft is is a strong one or not um, I mean, all we ever hear is uh, who is it, Jack Hughes? That's uh, that's kind of the, the the number one consensus pick type thing. And after that, I really haven't heard any other any other big names. And, and Veselainen did drop to us. There was a few people that passed on him for some reason. Um, I think because he had a bit of a, a a weak start to the season or a weak finish to his uh, his draft season. So that could have been why he dropped. And you know, even Kyle Connor was what 18th, I think. Uh, when we when we got him in uh, in the draft, so so yeah, there are some uh, some guys that are uh, that are that fall down there, and you can get them at uh, at good value. Yeah, but can I just on that though? I mean, we've given up the draft. Oh, sorry, I'm talking. Or sorry, oh, I'm talking over someone. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not like shut up, you know. <laughs> I'm talking. Go ahead, Mike. I, I just okay, thanks. I just uh, I just wanted to ask, like, what would it? What's the alternate universe like where the Jets? kind of did the Stan Pat Chevy thing and didn't acquire Hayes. Like, does he, it's such a small sample size. Maybe we can't say, did he, at this point, does he move the needle enough yet? But uh, I think, I think that it would be a bit more of a, it'd be more of a depressing feeling right now uh, looking forward with that because, because uh, we can't, we can't even, we can look to our injury ravaged defense core and, and, uh, and, and not have the ability to look at, at a really impressive four-line forward group even. So, yeah, I mean... If you're going to say Stan Pat Chevy, I would say that even Stan Pat Chevy would have made the Nathan Bowie a deal. He would have he would have uh, still, you know, unfortunately traded Patan 
you know, and, and flipped uh, flipped it for uh, for Lindholm. So he would he would have made those uh, those fringe deals. I just uh, you know the Stastny trade and the Hayes trade are not you know typical of what you would see from him. But I think in the end, it's it's a comment that uh, on where we are as a team and that he wants to try and make the push. Um, I, I was wondering the whole time, like how close were we to stone? And if we were going to be in on that, what would we have, have had to give up to get them? Right. Yeah. It's a, definitely just, an interesting topic, but uh, I think uh, we might leave that one for, for another day because uh, Brian's uh, shooting me text right now. telling me we're at what half 45 minutes or something. And, He's sitting on the side of the road uh, waiting to go home. He's actually stopped in his car to, to record this. So maybe we'll let him go home. <laughs> but uh, this is good. There's, there's, there's lots of little little topics uh, we could kind of go on uh, on and on about. The draft is always a fun one. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's, uh, that's it. So why don't we just stop there. Thank you guys for your time. And uh, oh, uh, last, last thing I'll say, totally not hockey-related. Did any of you go to uh, Obama tonight? I know, Mike, you did not. Um, but I want, I, I want to use this opportunity to talk about Obama because I was going to do my Obama impression. So <laughs> oh, I didn't go, I didn't go, but, uh, my wife had a friend who really wanted to go. So she, my wife did, did end up going and saw him in real life. So, so that I think was a little cool. That was pretty cool. I did not go. I played hockey, but if you're going to do the impression, I hope you don't expect the, what was it? $200 a ticket. To, yeah, well, no, yeah, everyone has to pay for this. No, it's not a good impression. It just, uh, <laughs> this is the, the Jets, the centric podcast. And thank you all for listening to this. And uh, hopefully you'll come back again. There we go. That's it. That's you know what? <laughs> Sounds like he can introduce the, we can replace Mark Shifley on the intro, man. We oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, uh, this is a uh, former president, uh, Barack Obama. Uh, thank you uh, for listening to the Jet centric podcast. <laughs> there we go. That's all I got. Anyhow, thanks guys. Let's wrap it up. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks. Later, guys. Later. Bye bye. Hey, Jets fans. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Jet Centric Podcast. This is episode something something 46. And this is AJ and I'm with Ryan. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Maybe we'll start over. Paul's getting out of his car. Sorry about that. <laughs> You're just getting home, right, Paul? Just getting home. <e- <laughs> we should just leave that in. <laughs> 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 or we'll just I was out doing 